Hey, Moto Academy Podcast. Did you guys know that this is the number one podcast in motocross? I actually didn't know that. It was Did you know that that's also not made up? Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I there was a young lady on the podcast that you had that said that that was made up. Yeah, she's full. <laughs> yeah. She's full of. She don't believe her. Don't listen to her. Your favorite podcaster, guess ever. Just made up. She said, totally made up. It's not made up. Moto Academy Podcast, number one podcast in motocross today. We've got the most people we've ever had on the podcast set, and it's so far so good. Cameraman Cam set us up. We've got Brian. We've got Brevin. We've got Brevin's mom. We've got Brooks drinking a Coca-Cola. Is that yummy? New sponsor? I've never had a Coke, by the way. Never had a Coke? No. I've tried to sip also made up recently, but I've never drank one in its entirety. So I like to say that I've never had a Coke. Daddy. Yes, baby. Your shirt. Yeah, that's for my GoPro. I really? put my GoPros, the, the chesty harness goes under the t-shirt, and then I poke the threads through and put my GoPro on. Oh. So all my t-shirts look like... So a, I could do that with a jersey, under a jersey, yeah. even? You don't have to do that now, but I was doing it before we had all those things. Now they got all these other things. You can use magnets and stuff, but I don't use those. So yeah. these guys won a trip giveaway, and how did you find out? Because you were not in the live stream. No, right? uh, so I found out because it was on the app, the post on the app. Within After the, I did the live yeah. stream, I posted it, yes. and then you just clicked in. Did you even get in? Was that before the notification stopped working? Uh, I don't know that I ever <laughs> got a notification. I still get notification. Yep. Like Brevin's on the, the only person in Moto Academy that still gets notifications. Yeah, just I don't like, get, you know. like I get notification on the notification bar and stuff. Really? Yeah. What, what kind of phone do you have? Uh, Android. Mm. Uh, do you have an iPhone? iPhone. So maybe Android people still get notifications? Yeah. I don't get notifications, but if I go in the app and click on my bell, I see my notifications. Like I'll get um, AJ Kanzara posted a nudes something. Yeah, in that's what it's supposed to do. Yeah, that's what it does. So you clicked in, saw it. Yeah, I saw it. So I clicked in, saw we're doing a, a giveaway. And then also I saw other people posting within the app about the giveaway. I was like, oh, why not? Let's... Post a picture and tell them why. And here we are. Here we are. Here we are. I heard you saying you had never really won, never anything. won anything. I bro. haven't either, still to never. this day. Never to this day. So I wouldn't anything. have believed it either. Yeah, I was like, I think we were at a race. We were, we really? were at a race. And I was like laying in the bed scrolling. And no, I was like, oh, it was in the car. Was it in the car? We went to Chili's and we were in the car. And yeah, and, and I opened the app. And he was like, yeah, Brevin and Brian. I was like, bro, <laughs> no way. No way. That was that was neat. That was cool. I still couldn't believe it. It was like two days later before I really believed That's it. super cool. I We really wanted to be able to have like a father-son duo cool. type of situation. Yeah. So we'd love to be able to eventually hit all angles when yeah. it comes to this thing. But yeah. the father-son, I thought that that would be a cool thing to make happen. And it was. Yeah. Like, I think the it's content from yesterday, the, this, the video that will come out from this will be very cool. I hope so. And it gets me so. excited to have a kid, even though I'm having a girl. Yeah. I'm sure she's oh, going to want to yeah. ride a dirt bike. She's going to want to do something, even if it's not a dirt bike. It, I mean, it's like what you were talking, it's all the same. Yeah. And well, it's you guys picked it up essentially. And I know you said you rode when you were little. Yeah. But then you guys kind of picked it up together. Yeah. As far as racing, like the picked whole racing together. thing is all new. 
like it's it's we're still learning like i still go to the races and like okay when are we signing up okay what class like we're that guy yeah that's Don't so cool to be able to learn something pretty much from scratch yeah. with yeah. your kid and yeah. just figure it out yeah we're all figuring out so i can't really be that dad that's like get out there nah, 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 nah. i can't really be that because i don't know what i'm doing either so but that's so much better yeah, because so much he's better. gonna learn quicker <laughs> yeah. without that attitude anyway yeah, we talked yeah. about it a little bit yesterday and i was a bit of a product of that yeah. type of parenting unintentionally and i see it all the yeah. time and i used to see it a lot at classes i see i less so now yeah i think because we've kind of cultivated a very specific demographic of people that show up to our classes yeah. but at the beginning I, I saw a lot of it yeah a lot of it I, to the I, point where i had to stop it it's good you multiple should. times yeah you because should. normally i would keep my distance or but yeah. if it's going on at my class it's your class yeah 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 it's good you point that just in the same way that you point out my knees crashing forward or my elbows down it's good that you point out that i think the the parents need coaching just as much as the kids do um, cause I, I really haven't seen just in my short time within the, the motocross world, I haven't seen a kid that didn't have, there's always a, a parent figure there mm -hmm. that pushes the kid, but doing it in a non-toxic way. The parent is the too. most important part and the guys at the highest level, that's the common denominator is yes. they all, there's, they, they have the parent. Yes. Yes. And the parent can make or break you. Yes. Yes. You see Deegan's, yes. the parents are Deegan's. heavily involved. Stewart. You see the, the uh, Lawrence's. Yeah, I mean, any, you name yes. any of them. Yes. The only one I can think of off the top of my head where the parent figure wasn't directly involved would be like Reed. Oh, really? Reed, it was him and his wife came over and they kind of did it uh, on their own and figured it out together. Yeah. So that's where that was probably just more of like a power couple situation. Yeah. It was her helping yeah. him. Where that's kind of what it's been with my wife and I. Yeah. I didn't start to figure it out though until last year. So now I'll make a little resurgence of a racing right. career and see what happens. But the parent is such an important such a big part. deal. And it's like the thing the thing that's very tricky is you know that you gotta be the person that kind of creates some tension, pushing, um, encouraging, but finding that line between encouraging, pushing, showing the work ethic, and then also being just dad is not that easy it's no. not nearly as easy as i, I thought it would i don't be. have a freaking clue yeah. how i'm gonna navigate that. yeah it's it yeah. is very difficult it's i can imagine just being you it'd be even harder it's easy for me because i don't know anything you know things so when you see them not doing things that you know it's gonna be hard to pull back it's gonna be hard to want to protect them from things that you know that could hurt mm -hmm. them um, all that, all that, that, that's hard. It really is hard. I'm most excited for the unknown, like non dirt bike activities. Like, yeah. let's say I love to get Millie into music of some sort yeah. right away or a different language right away. Right. So if I could just learn with her, I think that'd be really fun. Yeah. I mean, and that's just teach her. I want to just obviously just be the one teaching her how to actually be a good learner, how to think. I didn't know how to think. I didn't know how to learn yeah. for my entire life. That's the biggest part of it. Is he stopped working? Is it hot in here? Um, I'm talking. It says it's up there. I think it just cut off because they probably reached this right temp, right? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how it works. It's got the blue, the thing is still going. It's got the free. We'll bump yeah. it down to 60 and see what happens. 
Because it feels hot. Oh, there we go. Yeah, we'll keep it at 60, why not? Yeah. I also, I just don't know, I never got the, didn't get the instruction manual. I just oh, yeah. had to figure it out. If you need an instruction manual, it's not a good product. So I, <laughs> there's it's a like switch. Do you have a switch like that? No, no, Um, I got that thing. Do, 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 do. Oh. Yeah, the thing. I need that. Because yeah, that switch, I don't even know what to do with that yet. I think when I charge it, so when I plug this thing into an outlet, RV I'm thing. supposed to have that switch off. Oh. Uh, so the first few times I was charging it, I had that switch on, and I think uh, I probably it wasn't something. charging it yeah, at all. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. But we're doing... Yeah, I mean, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> well, you live in South Carolina. Yeah, that's so I'm used to heat. It's still 90 at home. Still 90 and dry, never rains. We moved to Florida in... When did we move to Florida? Last winter. And my wife goes, though we got this, we could stay all year. And oh, I said, no, yeah. we can't. Yeah, yeah, you and knew it, right? But I, I knew, I yeah. knew, but we had to just endure it yeah. just so she could see. And we made it to June, and she's like, Look, we got to get out of here. It's too far. You got to come a little bit farther north. It's still bad, though. Yeah, but it's not bad for long. It's a different type of heat. Yeah, well, it, mean, it doesn't. So we get the heat. So July and August is unbearable. Mm -hmm. Then from now on, you're fine. Yeah. But in Florida, that crap starts in March. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's all the way through. Yeah, I look November. at the weather now in Florida, and it's 90, 95 every day. I'm like, or mm. 78, 80. It's tough. That's tough. The bugs. All <coughs> yeah. Of that. The bugs, the hurricanes. We got attacked by bugs last night. Do you have welts all over you? No. <laughs> I got, do you? I hate mosquitoes. I got eaten alive I got last one right night. right here, one on my back. <laughs> I got diesel for right blood. Here. And probably yeah. somewhere else. I, I got diesel fuel for blood. They don't really leave whips. No, me neither, thankfully. Yeah. But I was getting eaten last night. I had a vented jersey on, too. People always say it's a, it's a certain type of blood, blood type. Yeah. Really? It makes you... That's what makes it react. Oh, yeah. my wife gets it bad. Really? Really? She just welts up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I can yeah, see I got that. nothing. Yeah. You need to get you some diesel, son. Yeah. <laughs> get with the program. Brevin, so what do you think? Was that oh Siri? Brooks, what oh, you doing over there, dude? Uh, I know the what? All right, Brevin, so what'd you think? Yesterday, did you have fun? Uh, um, you know what, you actually know where this question is going. Give me a one to 10 rating yesterday. Um, one to 10, overall fun level. Probably like a nine. A nine, a nine. even? That's yeah. a rookie score, first of all. <laughs> Second of all. He gave it a nine. A nine, that's a good score, I'm happy with that. Why, uh, give me some reasoning behind that. Why, why, why a nine? Um, what was your high of the day? What was your most fun part of the day? Getting comfortable on the 85. Okay, great. What was your least fun part of the day? When when I first started in a cartwheel. <laughs> <laughs> I did say, I didn't see it. I never saw the cartwheel. It was behind trees. I saw, well, we could still kind of see yeah. you. I saw you just on the ground and yeah. I'm like, I knew I right away what happened. I tipped over. Cause it was bad, but I just thought you tipped over. You, did you? Ride that section oh, yeah. deeper into the day? Uh, yeah, you did. The last, yeah. I made a lap like the last part of the day. It was no joke. Yeah, it was bad. It was great bad. practice, though. Yeah, it was yeah. amazing when I'd get to that back section, I'd always see somebody kind of like stuck trying to oh, figure yeah. it out. And like, man, nobody knows how to ride Dude, conditions like that. that. That last time I went back there, it was literally like six people stuck. <laughs> literally like i yeah. went back there and it was like a kid down on a 50 it was a it was a girl that was just stuck straight up like she was up and down just stuck 
And then what else? There was it was like an old guy trying to help one of the other kids, and then he got his bike stuck. It was it was like a war zone on that back. Yeah. What do they call it? I ninety yeah. back there, yeah. or whatever. What was your li- <laughs> what like was your books. line choice? Either what? either like far inside or far outside. Okay, same. Yeah, same. I avoided the middle at all costs. I tried to go far inside, and then if somebody was there. I would go far yeah. outside. The the scary thing about far outside though is there was a Tree. couple of trees. Yeah. Yes, and then big like trees. Boulders. There's like a boulder too. And I'm like, if I get a little sideways, yeah. I'm going you right into this it. tree. There's no coming back. Like when you're in that mud like that, you kind of just go where it takes you. Yeah. You can't really correct. But it was yeah. I didn't like the tree. No. The tree was all bad. Trees and six. It was probably man. It might have been a foot, foot deep mud. Just slop. Not that, not that much fun. <laughs> Definitely, yeah, not that much. At my age, it's not that much fun. No, it's fun when you, if you kind of like, if you had a watch and you just set your watch to twenty or thirty minutes, and you said, "All right, I'm gonna go out and just kind of flow a moto," yeah. the first ten minutes of that moto are gonna be bad, and then, at least for me, eventually it starts to click. Yeah. And you can start to kind of form your own lines, kind of. Yeah. I mean, when there's other guys out there, they'll mess your lines up. But then you learn you learn to ride it. Yeah. I don't nobody really rides mud super often unless you're like Carson Brown yeah. that just rides in the mud he, every single like day. That's all he like. does. Yeah. <laughs> but me, I ride mud once every other year. Yeah. And when you go out and you find the flow, then you you remember how to ride it and just let the bike do its thing. Like when you asked, how do you learn there was that slippery jump face that was forming oh, that kicker, yes. the one that you crashed yes. on? And you have to let the bike get kicked. Yeah, that's and hard to learn. Yeah. Because nothing about the bike kicking around feels right. That's Yeah, scary. you were you did it a lot yesterday. Yeah. Whether it be intentional really, or yeah. not intentional. I, I saw a whole impressed. lot of kicking going on. Mm-hmm. But you didn't seem to care, which is good. Yeah. You just keep your head forward and your hips would stay in the right position and your bike was just doing this the whole time, which is totally fine. I was impressed. I really was impressed. We made that first lap when I got behind him. I was just riding. I was like, I'll just ride behind him a little while. And I could see the mud, right? I could see the mud ahead. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to pick him up. And, dude, he just, like, just smooth, just stayed on the throttle. Mm -hmm. No, like, whap, whap, whap. Just, okay, Mr. Brevin. That's why it was so deceiving because I was like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. Just based on how smooth it looked. It was not fine, my guy. And then I got out there and I was like, what the? This is horrible. No. No, like going up the faces of jump, you had to be like really controlled on the throttle. It was not easy. Good practice. Great practice. And that's talk about mindset. Riding <laughs> conditions like yeah. that is all mindset. Yeah. Because you could hate it or you could decide that you're going to love it and just decide that, yes, it's difficult, whatever. But figure out like what's causing the bike to do certain things yeah. or figure out how do I hit this turn the right way. And just forget the fact that, or accept the fact that you're going to make mistakes like crazy and you're not the the only one that's doing it. I mean, if you watch me ride out there, it probably looked, it certainly felt equally as sloppy as everybody else looked. But I was just really fixated on just trying to diagnose, like when something would happen, I I always make a game and just try to figure out like, okay, why did that happen? Yeah. So that next time I come around, I could just try to fix that one thing. That's one thing that I've learned just watching the motocross community is everybody complains about track conditions. It is my pet peeve. Coming from my world uh-huh. where we don't, you, 
I fish, obviously, for a living. I guess the people watching don't know that. We should definitely probably talk about that. Um, So we, we, it doesn't matter if it snows, if it's cold, if it's hot, if it's 90, outside of lightning or wind, just wind. If it's wind, we used to go out in anything, you go. It doesn't matter. It does not matter how bad the conditions are. So I'm used to, if it's raining or if it's wet, you got to learn how to do it there. If it's dry and it's hot, then you just got to learn how to do it that. And that's one thing I've noticed is that in the motocross community, it's like, is the track, this first thing everybody says, is the track good today? What is good? Like, yeah. nobody rides it for what it is. Okay, today the track is wet. We will learn how to ride when it's wet. Today the track is dry. Let's learn, learn how to ride when it's dry. And like that mindset, like you said, I wish you saw that more at a younger age. Because obviously, I would doubt, I'm sure you, Racing Pro, you could confirm this, it's probably almost never perfect. No. So, like, why would you worry about it being good? Why would you want to just practice when it's and good? And perfect is completely up to yeah. the individual to yeah. decide whether exactly. it's perfect or not. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's just that's the there's different levels of thinking, and that's yeah. that's one that I've I've really tried to get past. And I was that person all day yeah, long. Yeah. Yeah. I was a fair weather rider, is what everybody would joke yeah. around and it's call us. Good today. It's good. It was today. just because. A lot of the reason was we were on a very, very tight budget. And so uh-huh. if it was wet, my dad didn't let me ride because he we it couldn't went. afford to break the bikes or to yeah. wear parts out. Yeah. So if it was raining, we weren't yeah. riding. Yeah. Well, break it, son. That's all break. I did. <laughs> break it. We're so deep in it at this point, it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> well, and look at the guys that you could tell did practice it when they were young and have a yeah. different attitude towards it. Like a plot. You said Plessinger is one of your favorites. Look at Plessinger yeah. when it rains and when it's muddy. Yeah. That he dude, he, they lights up. Yeah. He's like, all right, sweet. Bring yeah. it on. Fortunately, like, um, where we train at it's GNCC riders. Yep. They're all GNCC guys. So anytime it's unfavorable conditions, I've seen, we train at Stu Baylor's facility. Does um, he still, is he still racing? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because he got yeah. hurt really bad, yeah, right? Yeah, he just won like two weekends ago. Oh, he did? But that was one of the things I was impressed with. We would go to camps on the weekends, and it would be cold, rainy, nasty. I would see him and a buddy go off in the woods, and they wouldn't come back until the end of the day. It was I was like totally impressed with how they don't care if it's wet, dry, hard pack, slick. They don't care. Have you done any off-road riding with them yet? Uh, no. No, no, we haven't. Dude, we've we've had like a woods track. It's like a motocross track in the woods, mm-hmm. and they would they would like so they would bring the equipment down. They'd till it. They oh, would the make jungle. like yeah. The they would make like doubles and yeah burns. It's and, cool, dude. Yeah. That's cool. But no woods riding just yet. No, no. Like not like. Do you not really woods. have that around you? Um, I don't know about it. Let's say it that way. I don't know. I don't know where those places to ride are yet. There's so many places to ride where I live. We haven't even rode all the motocross tracks within an hour of our house yet. You guys are lucky in that sense. Yeah. You have a lot. But if you get an opportunity, if it hadn't rained so much today, and and I, well, I just don't have good bike options for the woods either at the moment, but yeah. it's awesome. I want to try it's it. great practice. I went in with a group of guys a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast yet or not. And I was on driver Jamie's banana bike, 450. 
just got thrown to the wolves. These guys were like eight or nine pro level woods yeah. guys, and they knew the trails. And we jump in, and and on top of that, they're trying to prove to me probably yeah, yeah, how yeah. good they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was exactly. just like a exactly. perfect storm of right. let's make AJ look bad. Here. Ego, and they're good. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'm just like hanging on for dear life, trying to stay with these guys and keep them in sight. And they stop to take their first break, which took way too long to take the first break yeah two hours i'm like all right we're gonna stop here like i three minutes in i'm like all right we're gonna we're gonna stop no no 15 minutes goes by 30 minutes goes by. i'm like we're still going hours and finally we stop and i go guys do you have any idea that this is so much more difficult than supercross you guys don't even understand that's one thing i definitely say like even some of our motocross like the jungle that we're practicing I'm thinking, how in the world do they do this for two hours at a time? It is so intimidating. There's roots, there's roots, there's right this. You know, we talk about on a motocross track how it changes after lap after lap. But like the course is so long, I don't know how you even remember. Yeah. Like you don't I don't know how they remember the turns. I'm I'm actually more impressed with GNCC guys than I am motocross guys. It seems super intimidating to me. It gets really deep. You're, when, you're talking, bikes. when you're talking variables, there's yeah. a lot of variables in motocross and supercross, but there's way more, yeah. I think, in the wood stuff. Like they would have rode today. Like totally. how it rained here today, yeah. they would they would have been like, What do you mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, what do you mean? They would have rode. Mm-hmm. It's like uh Caleb, you know, Caleb. Yeah, he's, he did good. he's good at mud. One of um I think that's Stu's cousin. I think so. Anyway, you made Loretta's, you remember it was uh mud yeah, yeah. this year. Yeah. Finished third. He got, he got third and first in one of his classes. Yeah, third and first. Mainly the rain. Because he, when he went rain, he was like, totally. here we go. Yeah. And if you could ride that, like yesterday, that's why I was pushing you to ride that 85 as much as you were. Because if you can figure out how to do things in the mud, yeah. you're going to get back home and ride next week at some point, And you're going to be like, oh, man. Hopefully, yeah. you feel like a totally different person. You, your confidence should just whew, do this. Because you gained a lot of confidence on that 85 yesterday sure. in very difficult conditions. It definitely you exposes were jumping you. far, like you yeah. were smooth, consistent, going back and forth between the bikes a lot. That's, which, that's hard. So Brevin is right, you're 11. Yeah, I'm 11. So that's right at the age where you're going in between a 65 and 85. Yeah. That's hard to do. 85 in super mini is kind of difficult to do, but 65 and 85 is way harder. Yeah. Way harder. You're in different gear everywhere. The wheelbase is completely different. The hardest part for me is being higher up on the ground because I'm shorter. And so I, I can't like fully touch the ground. I have to be like this the whole time. And does that make it scarier when you ride? A little bit. In the mud, did it make it more scary? Yeah. Especially when I have to go like lean it over in the ruts, it feels like I'm so much higher above the ground. You'll get past that quickly because what's good, and I kept telling you this yesterday, doesn't matter how high off the ground. You don't need to touch the ground. Yeah. That's the good part. You don't need to touch the ground until you stop. And when you stop, just be strategic about where you place the yeah. bike so you don't tip over. But when you're riding, you don't have to touch the ground. I try to usually put like a, the front wheel in like a dip or something. Yep. Or, or find like, like an incline or yeah. a hill. or It's so fun. When we have classes and kids are small on their bikes, yeah. there's don't zero thought that's put into where they <laughs> stop. <laughs> they start stopping oh, on top they of just, a berm. Just, yep. All the time. <laughs> and I'm like... Think about what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah, All the time, they just fall. Yeah, we call them ghosts. <laughs> Somebody just pushes them over. Ghost at practice. Just the on the start line, just tip when, over. Like, 
when there's no there's nothing to put my foot on and then I put my foot down and I start to get like a cramp, a cramp? in my leg and then yeah, I, that's the worst and then I to like jump over yep. over to the other side yep to, I'm like that's why you, you that's why you got to drink element now we go right into element. <laughs> Let's go right into element commercial now. <laughs> but for real, drink that. Because what do you normally drink? What were you saying? Gatorade. Junk. Gatorade. Uh, yeah. The, Gatorade the, is probably in in a crazy sweating situation is is better than drinking just straight water. Yeah. Yes. But that compared to to something like that that doesn't have sugar or artificial flavors or any yeah, of the, the crap that's in a Gatorade. Way 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 better. We got to figure that out. And you might not like it at first because it tastes like. You're drinking ocean water at first, but it's good and it's healthy for you. So and you, it won't you, kill me? You won't cramp. <laughs> they won't kill you. <laughs> the Gatorade will. Yeah, Gatorade probably saying. will. Yeah. Give you diabetes. Diabetes? Sugar. <laughs> <laughs> diabetes. That sugar. Yeah, but that's what I drank when I was a kid just because I didn't know about yeah, it. Yeah, we did, yeah, you just thought that's what you, Michael Jordan told you that's what you were supposed to drink. So yeah. you drink Gatorade, though. I forgot. What's the other one I drink? The purple. No, the purple bottle. The, the stuff. Body, body armor. Oh, body, body armor. armor. I think that's equal. Body yeah, body, yeah. yeah. Body and now the new stuff like the kids drink is Prime. Prime. Yeah, Prime. Probably. It, it goes through you so fast, though. Yeah. It goes it goes through it's you so about like sweet. five so to ten sweet, minutes. So and there's no sweet. sugar in it, so what's making yeah. it taste yeah. like that? Uh, I don't know. It couldn't be good. Print on one of them. What's the other one? Probably a little crack. It's not the, it's not the regular <laughs> Prime, but it's the, it's the can. I promise a different one. Oh. Energy drink prom? Not supposed to drink it. Is it the energy? Yeah, because it's, it's like the, the energy drink. Yeah, version. it's the energy prom. What about, have you ever tried a Red Bull or Monster Energy or anything? Um, no. I've, I've had like no. Red Bull in a, a drink, but not a lot of it. No. What about, how often are we drinking Coca-Cola? Uh, how often are you drinking Coca-Cola, Brooks? All the time? He, he, that's all he drinks is Dr. Pepper. Really? Yeah. Is Dr. Pepper your favorite? He drinks tea. He'll drink tea and cool. His main thing at the house is uh, Kool Aid. Really? Yes. I used to love Kool Aid. I couldn't. That's all he drinks at home. The reason I couldn't, I didn't drink Coke, is because I couldn't handle the the carbonation, yeah. the fizz. I couldn't do it. If you can't handle it that, hurt. don't get Sprite. That's the worst <laughs> one. McDonald's at least. Yeah. It's so carbonated. And I couldn't have spicy food. Oh really? We were talking about spicy food yesterday, and he goes, "No, I don't like spicy food." I like and spicy then we start. Food. Well, he's like, I don't really eat spicy food that yeah, much. You don't yeah. And then he goes, uh, Just wings, maybe. Well, I go, well, what about like wings? And he goes, no, not really. Like when I go to Zaxby's, I get the, what did you tongue call torch. it? Tongue torch. Yeah. I get the tongue torch at Zaxby's. It's not and that, I'm like, it's the not tongue that, torch? It's not that hot. <laughs> tongue torch is like normal. Mm, I don't know. I it's, it's like, it's like a little really? bit above wimpy. It's yeah, like, it's, it's not that bad. Like it's like this much above wimpy. It'll be like Texas Peak. It's not, it's not, it's not that bad. Never, you it, you would sauce. see how bad it was when you saw, saw me try to eat a piece really? of that. Uh, I couldn't even eat pepperoni when I was a kid because it was what? too spicy. Oh. I think I was just, I wasn't introduced to any of it. I had the most basic diet ever when I was little. You're, you're very alkaline. I was like, <laughs> so I, I don't even know if that has I had Alfredo. Oh, I love she Alfredo. said you're an Alfredo guy. Yeah, yeah I love it. Alfred, Alfredo freaks. Mac and cheese was a big one. They love pasta. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. So, okay, least favorite day or part of the day yesterday was in Endo. Was that in the 65 or 85? 65. And He's what? Front <laughs> no. I wish I would have saw that. I know. I wish we had a GoPro on you or something. Like, Did it hurt? No. No. It stuff was like a pillow out there yeah. yesterday. The the bite landed on my on my 
boot a little bit. So it kind of hurt? Yeah, not really though. Because <laughs> it was a pipe that hit my boot. So. Nice. Was that your only crash the whole day? I think I might have tipped it over. Tipped over in that same spot. Yeah. And then you kind of bounced and slid out on the landing of yeah, that, that other tabletop. One, I went up, kicked off the other side. And on the on the downside of the jump, I just it never it just kept going around <laughs> when it hit the mm -hmm. ground. That was it. I think you got lucky the way it happened because yeah. it could have pitched you at the top of the jump, and then you could have flown all the way down. You know, and it looked like it just pitched back and then kind of like yeah. did this. It did exactly. It three sixty me. The main thing I was glad is nobody else was coming. Yeah. Behind. Well, me. and I by the time I ran up the jump right away because I was gonna be the guy yeah. that flagged off people. And you were already yeah, up I was like, and get off out. the track. I left the bike. I was like, let me get out, see if anybody else <laughs> is coming. And then I went back and got the bike. You know to do that, right? Yeah, I always tell them, get, yep. just leave yeah. the bike. Get yep. the heck out One of time, uh, we were at, I can't remember which day it was, but we were at one of the Tuesday, The we were at the evening practices. Oh, yeah. And one of the 50s, um, he was jumping this jump, and there's like ruts at the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And he must have got like crossroaded in one of the ruts because his bike was down on like yeah, so it's like this and then he's down here and so I'm like right here and I barely miss him because he he's trying to get his bike up and get ready to go and I'm jumping and I'm like, and no flagger yeah. probably because yeah. it's practice day practice, yeah, yeah. So he's like right here yep if you if you crash and you know there's no flaggers yeah. even if there are flaggers yeah. Get, get out, out of there. there. Get out of there. Don't worry about your bike. <laughs> get out of there. And if you have to, sometimes get off the track and then get to the takeoff of the jump and let Wait people, people off. know. Yeah. Because sometimes the flaggers, they're like right. doing something. You can't trust the, the flaggers. Or they wave, they wave the flag like this. They'll, they'll yeah, just so hold it's not it helping anybody. Because yeah. in the pros, it's even worse sometimes. In the pros, yeah. yellow flag, like at your guys' level, you yeah. have to roll the jumps and you can't pass, right? I don't I think, think so. you have to roll the jump. I, like, I, I think yellow flag is like, hey, stuff is going wrong. No, do it's the just best you it's can. just caution. It oh. just it just yeah. it just means be careful. I think it's. Are you sure? Yeah. Oh, okay. So up here, I'm telling you like what it, people do. I'm not telling you that's what the, the rules are. Two, yeah, two totally different things. Yeah. See, that's that. That's at the pro level. That's how it is. The yellow flag is like somebody's down. Good luck. Figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. Still jump. You can still pass. Yeah. That's what it looks like. It's going down. Something's wrong. Be careful. But that's what it is. Normally, AMA amateur rule is that yeah. you cannot jump or pass on a yellow. Yeah. And so it'd be like the the pros when they right. get the red cross red flags, cross. which right. is no jump, no pass. Right. Yeah. So at your I would go no jump, no pass on yellow. Yeah. It gets dangerous. Even if that's not the official rule for you guys, I, I would still yeah. not do it. You never Kay. know. Yeah. You don't Landing know. Landing on somebody on. is the worst because it's just Usually it ends up hurting you more, more than it hurts the person getting landed on for some yeah. reason. I've landed on, you name it, I've landed on it. Really? Quads, trailers, uh, three-wheelers, people, bikes. For that <laughs> because I always reason. would ride public tracks and then the, or like tracks in people's backyards where right. I would hit a, I remember one time I was on an 85 and I jumped this big step down at my friend's house and all of a sudden a landscape trailer is just going across the landing of the jump. Yeah and just land right into the tire of the landscape trailer. Yeah, for that very so reason, scary. I don't like, um, we talked about this yesterday, I don't, I, don't do, I don't do hardly any free riding, only training. I I'll do a free practice every once in a while, but at my age, at 40, I love riding my dirt bike. Not really crazy riding around people. 
Yep. I did do one race. It was fun. I don't care. I wouldn't want to do more than three or four races a year. Did but, it feel super dangerous? Um, I'm not going to say it felt dangerous. I just remember setting on the lines. Let me explain. Let me do this. Let's back up. This is how this is how this happened. I never meant to race. We had a race at Muddy Creek, and they have practice the day before the race, free practice. I decided to do the free practice, and I go out in free practice. I was like, "Oh, these guys aren't that good." Well, it's like I'm running with everybody. I'm like the C. I was in the CD group, and like at the front of the pack. I was like, "Oh, I might as well race." So I race. I sign up for forty plus. Well, let me take. Let me go back. Yeah. I was gonna get in the C, C and D class. The lady registered, and she's like, "Listen, don't do that for your first race." She <laughs> said, "She said, no, these kids are crazy. Do not get in the C D class." Smart. She there was said, a "Lady that said that." Yes, yes. There's a lady at registration. Smart she said, lady. "Look, get in 35 plus, 40 plus." I was like, "I don't know if I want to do two classes for my first race, so I just got in 40 plus." It went out. It was like eight bikes in my class. We're all old people. We just want to ride the dirt bike. <laughs> Nobody had an ego. We just wanted to ride the bikes. Great. It was so much fun. But I remember that 30-second board going sideways and thinking, "Why the heck am I doing this? Like, I don't have to do this." I just remember thinking, "Like, bro, you don't have to race. You could just ride your dirt bike on the weekends and have fun." And then when I got in the race, I was comfortable. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for a minute before that great the gate drop, I was extremely I don't want to say nervous, but thinking to myself, why? Why are you doing this? <laughs> do you get nervous sometimes when you line up? Um You're a I podcast do. expert, by the way. Yeah, I do. Uh, <laughs> I'll answer that for you. I get nervous. You get nervous when he's oh, lining yeah. up. I've oh, done yeah, yeah. So when I race, there's basically the same people and I know I some I know their way of riding in some form. Yep. And so. Makes you less nervous. Yeah. And then most of the tracks, most of the tracks we've been to this, we've been to the same track. So the starts are the same in that. And then I just feel like I've raced a lot. So it doesn't, I don't get as nervous. I used to get so nervous. Dude. And when I say week? I used to get, I mean, I'm talking up until like yeah. this last year, I finally really? figured it out. I still get nervous, but it's very imagine. controlled. I, I used to get so nervous. I, oh my god, it was so I mean, scary for the, my whole career. Because going up against twenty-two people in Supercross and then forty in motocross. Well, in the way that so like in Supercross, think about how that works. So you do your qualifying all throughout the day, and then they have the pit party, and you don't see the track for three and a half, four hours mm -hmm. while they're doing track grooming, and they yeah. get the night show ready, and then they do the night. They knew the night program starts so. Fireworks go off, the yeah. national anthem. They're introing the riders, and like you're just literally just getting more and more and more nervous because you're right. sitting. And then you, that's the first time you see the crowd in there, and you look up and you're just like, uh oh. Nobody was there. Everybody's there. And then you just have to do a heat race. The gate drops, and you haven't seen the track in four hours. There's no sight lap, and you have to go as fast as humanly possible. All right. Without no seeing thanks. the track, no practice, nothing, and it's like, yeah, I'm, it's no joke. No thanks. I, I can think just even when I'm riding, like I'll probably take four laps of just like putt putting, like, okay, that's there. Okay, don't hit that. All right. Uh yep, you can't hit that jump. You know, like that. I have at least four laps of that and then I just kinda warm up into it. So there's no way I can handle yeah, that. I that's me in supercross. Yeah, yeah. Like And like, it's funny because I can still make it work sometimes, but it's like I am yeah. so calculated compared to some of the other guys yeah. where there's a lot of people 
fly is killing me. Oh, yeah. It's no big There's deal. a lot of people that they don't care. Mm. I see that in practices in our races. I see kids, they take off wide open. First practice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, dude. <laughs> like, I'll go, I'll go wide open on the straightaways, but when I get to the jump, I like, I slip, like I break really hard. First late, first lap. Yeah, yeah. dude, you never know. Even if you've ridden the track a million yeah. times, you yeah, don't know. you don't know. They could have faced the jump up different. They could have mm -hmm. actually put a kicker in it. Yeah, that was. I can't remember fly. what track, but uh, it might have been Muddy Creek. I think it was one of, the, I think it was one of the jumps that I had been hitting, and then I went up to it, and. So it was kind of one of those like turn jumps and they made the face bigger and there's like a hole from the last race where everybody had been jumping and I jumped straight into the hole. Yeah, it hurt. But you didn't crash? No. You don't have that. Yeah. Oh, I mean, in Supercross sometimes they've made big track changes and then just didn't tell anybody. Didn't tell anybody. Yeah. That's, that can get a little yeah, hairy. that's bad because it's all so calculated. Mm -hmm. Aren't the triples supposed to be like the same size? <laughs> We'd like to welcome <laughs> Freddie the Fly to the podcast. On. Best motocross uh, podcast in all fly history. Uh, <laughs> we got to take him out. My, 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 hit it, hit it, hit it. I almost got it. My sister is terrified yeah, of flies. Mia had left. Yes. Oh, there he is. He him. Got him. Got him. Can I think. We, I think. Yeah, here he is. We got him. Kill confirmed. Yep. Okay. <laughs> All right, we did it. Yeah. All right, so I want to ask you a serious question. Are you ready for it? Yeah. Okay. So yesterday, mom, cover your ears. Yesterday, yeah. you said that you would like to be a pro dirt bike rider. Yes. Do you both know this? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. What do you have goals? Um, do you have like long, so when because I remember like in school you would always have like school projects what do you want to be when you're older yeah. all this type of thing so what do you say what do you tell people what do you think uh, just that you want to be a pro dirt bike rider or do you get specific yeah, I usually just say like I want to be good at dirt bikes or I want to make it to a higher level or something like that I try not to get too in detail because a lot of people, they don't, my school, they don't really know about motorsports because most of them, they either do ball sports or they do games. So yeah. they don't really know much about motorsports. And so I What just, about when you're talking to your family or when you're just thinking uh, about it? Do you just think and talk and say, I just, it would be really cool to be a pro dirt bike rider one day? Yeah, mostly I'd, I'd say like... It's still really cool to get to the top level, mm -hmm. but I want to at least be on the top level to where people, they recognize me and they feel some type of way about the way I ride or they want me to win or just something like that. Cool. Supercross, motocross, have you uh, thought about that? Both? I've never ridden supercross before, but from the looks of it, from right now, I think I'd be more of a motocross guy. Okay. Because I, I, mean, I don't like jumping that high. You don't? No. Well, the jumping is the easy part. Yeah. We need to get you. We need to get you training some supercross soon. As soon as we have a facility, we'll get you training some supercross. We, One we tip semi I do. We semi do that night pad. That's that is yeah. a ten I've, down supercross. I've track. jumped like a 
quad kind of. Yeah, it's like it's like a small tabletop. It's about bigger, maybe about oh, from that from that chair it's to this. That's like the size of one table. Yeah. And then next, so one table is probably from that chair to about like right here, and then the whole thing. <laughs> Just the, the table one. Table? Yeah, the table. Turn? No, the like the one table, like yeah. the first tabletop. Yeah, it's about the size of this van. It's like two of these vans. And you jump them both in one jump? Yeah. It's a wide open fourth on the city. So there used to be a track in New Hampshire, not that far from here, that had a super cross style track that we would race at night under the lights. And the feature on that track was the table to table. Yeah. It was like you were cool if you were able to hit that thing. And on the 85 or on a super mini, there was only like two or three people to ever do it on the super mini. It was mostly like the pro and the A guys would do it. A couple of B class riders. And then I was doing it on a super mini. Yeah. But that's good skill yeah. to develop. There's because Supercross is. That's where the team rides are. That's kind of yeah. where the money in the sport is. You definitely, money is. yeah. It's not as fast. Yeah, I think it's more safe. I really do think it's. More I safe. can see that. I can see that. I just watching, just watching motocross. It seems like they are going so freaking fast, and it's way more unpredictable. Looking, yeah. Obviously, I've never raced. And they I mean, for thirty minutes. Yeah, had, had we gone, had we gone to the track that we were gonna go to today, and you just watched me ride that track on a 450, you're going 70 miles an hour the whole time, which oh, on a dirt bike track feels like you're going 200. Yeah, you're out of control. And it just, if a chain were to break or yeah. something were to happen, like, yeah, on a supercross track, still not great scenario, yeah. but at least you're going a little bit slower. slower. That's what I always say, and I know it's like. There's different ways to crash. There's different ways to impact the ground. But I always think Supercross is a little more safe. So I want to give you one piece of advice because I, my family, I took motocross serious from the time I was really, really young, like five years old, four years old, young. And so the school projects, the conversations with the parents, the conversations with the family at like Christmas parties and stuff like that. It was only always I want to be a pro dirt bike rider, mm -hmm. and I think that was a wrong. That was a bad goal. Yeah, it was too low of a goal. Mm -hmm. Because right. and the problem was also we never adjusted it. So it was like I kind of had this whole trajectory to turn pro, and then I turned pro, and it was like what now? My my dad stepped away because it was basically like. You, you know, yep. you made it. You did it. Yeah. yeah. And I was left with zero guidance and zero idea of how to think and to move forward beyond that. And I honestly was never really able to raise my bar much higher than that so far the entire rest of my career. Now yeah. I know. Yeah. But man, I was at such a deficit because of that. Because think about who, who are your favorite riders you were naming today? Deegan, great example. Mm -hmm. Do you think that they were ha they were having conversations of like, man, I wish I could be yeah. pro one day? No, it was. I'm gonna win a championship. I'm gonna mm -hmm. be the best ever. Yeah. I'm gonna, yeah, make that goal very, very. It high. was all mindset. Mm -hmm. Very high. Mindset so one of my best friends, he's 50 or 51. He's six foot seven. His nephew is Donovan Klingen, who is a sophomore now at UConn, and. He, I think at the end of this year, he's on track to be drafted like top three pick in NBA. Right. And I've asked those questions to him. What 
what are their goals? Right. Like, is the goal to be pro? No, it's to win championships. Yeah. Oh, good. Okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Because yeah. it, you don't, it's not even being unrealistic. It's just making the ceiling Very a little specific. bit higher because when you, when you reach for me, when I had that goal and then I reached it, I didn't know what to do. I didn't even yeah. know how to adjust it beyond that. And then I ended up wasting 10 years of a pro career after that kind of fumbling around and having good results sometimes, but I found myself just constantly making excuses. Yeah. Like, not outwardly, but inwardly, making yeah. excuses yeah. to like shortcut this, not finish this moto, do this, do that. Um, and now I understand, like, oh man, if, if only say, yeah. Tomac, Lawrence's, any of them, Very their conversations specific. were not, I yeah. wanted to go pro. Right, right. It was, I wanna be the best, I wanna win a championship gives you a lot more room to work with so start thinking about those goals because if you and i was telling driver jamie and everybody in the car this morning the way you do that is the book i'm reading right now talks about gradualness and using gradualness to shift yeah a lot of people use gradualness and like their automatic thinking in a negative way right so you can you have a school test and in your head you kind of play out the scenario of Oh boy, I haven't studied enough. Like I'm going to probably not do too well on this test. Yeah, I very well could not do that well on this test. So it starts mm -hmm. as like a, um, it could be. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you start attaching that could be scenario to like the mental imagery of that could be. You can see yourself getting that paper see back and having a D it. or an F on it. You can see yourself sweating it out as you're sitting there trying to figure out the answer to a question you're not prepared for. And then you start to believe. Mm -hmm. So it's like you have that gradual thinking to pull you into the negative and then all of a sudden it's right. happening. Yeah. I've been intentionally doing that with positive things. Right. So the newest experiment is I decided that I'm gonna make a five year run at a Supercross championship yeah. and I wanna win a Supercross championship by 2028. Right. By the time I'm 35. And when I first said that out loud, I, I knew enough and it was intentional enough to where I, I believed that it was a possibility. I was like, right. that could happen, but that was it. It yeah. started as just that. If I tried to picture it in my head, I couldn't picture it. Like, have you ever tried to visualize a race or something yeah. like in the future and maybe that visualization goes wrong or you fall or like you can't see yourself winning? Yeah. That's how it is at the beginning. That's mm -hmm. very normal. When you start practicing, repeating it and yeah. practicing that visualization more and more, you can start to see it and it yeah. becomes more yeah. clear and you start to believe. Yeah. And I said today on the drive, I'm like, you know what's cool is I finally, I can see it now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I can see myself holding the number one play. I could see myself winning a championship. I've never in my life was able to, to see that, see that as even an like a possibility. Yeah. It is definitely something that you, um, we talked a little bit about this at some point this weekend, but the whole meditation and visualization thing is way underappreciated. And I, if you can get it at his age, you're going to have an animal. Mm -hmm. uh, I, like you, I didn't really, didn't really understand that. Everyone is doing meditation and visualization already, but they don't know it. But like when you come aware of what your thoughts are, when you, when you become aware of intentionally thinking about the things you want, I, like I've even seen it in my own career 
where you start to literally take out time of your day to sit there and think about what you want to happen, how you're going to make it happen, and it happening. It's a fun. It's actually fun. Mm-hmm. It, like you said in the beginning, it seems seems almost like you're seems almost like you're gaslighting yourself at first. <laughs> It's like, yeah, because you are. That's the yeah, whole idea. Yeah. yeah. And then the more you get into it, it's like, no, like you said, you start to come around that corner where you can see it. It's just not that sexy to talk about. So, like, everybody wants to talk about something that they can go and buy. Mm-hmm. Or, or, But that part of the we're reading a book now. Yeah. It's, uh, what um, book? Uh, Mental Toughness Is for it, Young Athletes. Great. Yeah. Yeah. What age range is that maybe uh, probably made like, for? Like nine and thirteen, probably somewhere in there. I yeah. it doesn't say, but I read I'm it. guessing. It, I read it and I'm. I mean, like, I want to start finding pretty, good options for because I don't want to be reading Millie like psycho cybernetics yeah. and it's just yeah. this. <laughs> now this one, is, <laughs> this like, one is, the, is good. There's, yeah. there's an other one too. What's the other one? The baseball book. It's uh, when the next pitch. Yeah, the the most important pitch is your next pitch. Same thing, and it tells stories. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. To get a point across, which is better. I mean, he did. Kobe Bryant have anything? That yeah, did he write I anything? Bet he did. I should look into it. I don't. Have you ever listened author. to him in like podcasts yes, and stuff? Yes, Holy cow! Yes. I had no idea when he was no alive. Idea. I had no idea. I had no idea. Matter of fact, Ooh. I was not even a Kobe fan until I found all the content before he passed away. He was a genius. Way like no wonder why he was yes, such yes, a high level athlete. Yes. Yeah, yes. I listened to the podcast. A few that he did. Where I think one of them maybe was with Jay Shetty. Yeah, Jay uh, Shetty. Uh, what's the and other guy? I was guy? just like, holy cow! Yeah, yeah. Any kid that wants to be go anywhere with anything in life should study Kobe Bryant. You should study. You should find. You should go to YouTube right now. Not to talk people out of the best podcast in motocross, but you should one hundred percent find Kobe Bryant content and study it. It is by far. He talks about the process. He talks about how to practice. And it's all the same. He's talking about basketball, but imagine like Kobe talks about how he would go out after practice and shoot hundreds of free throws. Like kids that ride motocross, you should be going out and doing corners for hours, the same corner over and over and over, literally until you're sick of it. And And a good example of that in moto are the Lawrence brothers. When you, like I've lived and trained with them all last year, so I was able to see it. It was nothing special. Fundamentals. It was nothing yeah. special. Yeah. It, in fact, it was the opposite. It was like the most basic thing I've ever seen pros yeah. do. And it was yeah. so simplified. And it was just, the. that's why I've, I've been so hardcore on kind of like sticking to my guns when it comes to my philosophy on yeah. the sport. Because you see, like, this is reachable. And then I saw them. Yeah. And I'm like, thank God. I was yeah. right the whole time. Yeah, I, I've seen that in my own sport. I've had, I've been fortunate to be around some of the best fishermen like ever, and you you know you kind of look around in their boats, you look at what they do, and you and you just listen to their conversations about how they practice and what they what they're doing, and it's always basic. It's never it's never complicated. It's never um, it's never a higher level of mechanics. It is a higher level of thinking mm-hmm. almost always, but it's never anything fancy. And it stinks because you can't recognize it unless you get kind of closer to that. Yeah. Because I used to always listen to interviews of like Ryan Dungey talk and it would put you to sleep. Yeah. But then you listen to it back 
now and you're like, oh, oh that guy was so intentional was in with it. everything that, yeah. 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 But it is intentional. Success is very intentional and it's very reachable. Yeah. And when I was your age too, that was the thing. I used to always think that people were su mm -hmm. successful because they got lucky yeah. or. Yeah. We're taught that they have talent. We're yeah. taught that. And that's Natural. wrong too. Yeah. That's very Natural wrong. Talent. Very taboo subject. I talk about that a lot of time in my, my content and people get really upset about when I say there was really no such thing as talent that really upsets people. Um, but I've never met, I've never met anybody that's actually doing something that believes that it's always someone that's not doing anything that says, Oh yeah, yeah. They, well, you can't tell me that Tomac's not talented. You can't tell me that was, well, you know, it's just used so much. And it's because that's, I've, I finally, that was reading the book mindset by Carol Dweck is the book that I read that explained the difference between fixed mindset and growth mindset. And that was what clicked with me. I figured out what my issue was the whole time is that yeah. I was told from the very beginning that I was extremely talented. Yeah. The whole like time. Gifted, like it just fell out of the you sky. You have so much talent. You. You're the yeah, most yeah, talented. Yeah. And it was talent. also when it came to education, it was, you're so smart. You're the yeah. smartest kid. Yeah. That's not good things to tell it's a kid no. because it makes you, it puts you into the fixed mm -hmm. mindset category because then you're left just trying to, to defend your, your talent. talent. Yeah. yeah. And so therefore mm -hmm. you're just kind of like, a nervous wreck the whole time you're tight you're not riding fluid or right. doing whatever you're doing fluid um that's a huge thing brevin i will say you have a huge ginormous head start just having a dad that mm -hmm. knows some of that stuff that's cool yeah that is really cool it's a big part of anything i don't care what you do it could be business could do you anything. like reading or do you get sick of it um are you good at like when you read do you get really bored or are you able to um, like picture it in your head what you're reading? I can usually picture it in my head. If they show a picture, I'm usually way off from what the characters actually look like. But that's fine. That's your imagination. That's good. <laughs> uh, usually, I would just stay in the habit of doing yeah. that. And you don't have to do it much. I read every night and every morning and I do it for five minutes to 15 minutes. Sometimes I write, read for a long time, yeah. but at, at the very least, I pick up the book and just read like the front and back of a page. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. that's all it takes that's for me. Usually, and then I'll just fall asleep. Usually if I read for, I might not want to read and then I get like two to three pages in and I'm, my mind is just, I start getting tired and then, mm -hmm. but it's like my mind goes into the book and I just see everything. Yeah, great. I think I found that reading is, is kind of like working out. Yep. You don't want to do it and then you start to do it and then you want don't to do want, it more. Don't want to stop. Yeah. I, I find cause sometimes I don't want to read. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not consistent with my reading. I'll read for a span, two or three weeks, a month, all into it. And then I might not read for a month, two weeks, six weeks. But when I get into something and then I start seeing things, it makes me want to read yeah. more. It definitely makes you wonder. All, all the secrets are in the book. I think it's the ultimate creativity. Like it is, the, it's the ultimate way to build creativity yeah. in my mind. No matter what you're reading, if and if you can be creative in anything, I think that's the key. That's the key. So, uh, can I talk fishing for two seconds? Yeah, heck yeah. <laughs> yeah so you're yeah. a professional fisherman, which yeah. we just don't touch on for some reason. Well, uh, it is a motor, uh, best motocross podcast, so it would make okay. sense not to talk about fishing. I guarantee a lot of them like to fish, and I think <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool because you're uh, 
how the heck do you become a professional fisherman? Uh, is there a, a coming through the um, ranks like there is in motocross? It is. It is and there isn't. Um, just my story, I, I just grew up fishing. My dad was a, he was a tournament fisherman, but a local tournament fisherman. So it'd be mm. no different than a motocross guy that races locally, you know, just throws $30 in a hat, gets in a local race. My dad was that guy. And so he exposed me to fishing really early. And I just, it was, people ask all the time, like, when did you, when did you decide you want to be a professional fisherman? Um, when did all this come about? I don't, it, it happened so early. I don't ever remember it. I just, I literally grew, I grew up thinking that I was supposed to be a fisherman. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm going to fish. I'm going to be a fisherman. That's what I'm going to be like. Why would I do anything else? But um, did you get specific with it, or was was it just I, I'm going to be? A I just love fisherman. fishing, and I wanted to fish. That's all. I mean, I I would love to sit here and tell you that I said I was going to win three Bassmaster Classics and this many cups and that and this and the other. Just knew that I love fishing. I love exploring. I I I like being in a boat. I love being on the water. I love teaching people how to fish. So. Um, never really got super specific about details about what I wanted to accomplish literally until probably the last four years, four years or so. But, um, I did, I've always seen myself winning, seen myself doing very well in tournaments, but the whole reason that I, you know, that I am wherever I am is just, just literally because I love to catch a bass. That's, it's, it's nothing deeper than that. So you could take tournaments away from me, still gonna go fishing. If I can go, like if we can fish tournaments, great, I'm cool. Or something ever happens and all this just busts and not, you know I don't have enough money or lose sponsors or whatever, it wouldn't change much about me. It would be still be the same. I'd still be fishing. Yeah, that's the best. That's how it is yeah. with me too. Yeah, like, yeah. <clears throat> and I love teaching it, I think more than I any other part. Yeah. I, didn't know that was going to happen with me that I stumbled on to the teaching part I just always loved fishing like that that was just that was the core of it all is I just loved fishing and then there was all these other things came with it that I had no idea did which, the teaching part come when the YouTube thing started no. or before or so this is how I would have to go back a little bit um We'll start, we'll start somewhere in the middle. Not always the, at the beginning, in the middle. So I grew up in a family business, we're landscapers. So I didn't really like being a landscaper, but it was the best job I could have and fish as much as I wanted. Mm -hmm. Wintertime, you don't have to work as much. I made my own schedule. It's, it's not a time job. When the job is finished, the job is finished and you can do what you want. So I always stuck with landscaping. Well, when I was making that transition from lands running the landscaping business to fishing for a living, I, you know, I had to do something because the winnings, just like motocross, the winnings aren't that much. You, very few out of the 300 plus anglers that are professional fishermen, there's probably 10 that make a, a living off of winnings. Okay. They're good enough to make a living off of winnings. So I knew going into it, it was like, you're probably not, you're going to give yourself the least chance possible depending on winnings. So I started running a guide business, which is basically where you just take people out 
fishing, yep. show them how to fish, et cetera, et cetera. Like chartering almost? Charter. Yeah. I, was, I was a fishing charter for about two years. So I started chartering people and I quickly realized just because I'd been a fisherman all my life that there was like very simple things that people didn't know how to do. I was trying to show them how to catch fish in 50 foot of timber and all these complicated things with electronics and people couldn't tie a knot. They didn't know the difference between different line types or what rod to use, like very simple things they didn't know. And so it opened my eyes to like, dude, you just need to be teaching all these beginner fishermen what to use. And this all happened in the same time that we have now middle school and high school fishing, where young kids, people are being introduced to fishing, not through a dad anymore. So nobody's teaching them all the things that I learned just from my dad, mm -hmm. which is not necessarily a bad thing. It's like one of my, one of my favorite clients ever, Hogan Benson, his parents don't fish, probably the best fisherman I've had the chance of, of having a relationship with. And he, he picked it all up on his own. And so a lot of that's going on now where traditionally it was a dad that took us on fishing and he, and he, they progressed that way. And so I found this whole area that the entire fishing industry was ignoring. They were only catering the tournament fishermen when all the while it was these thousands and thousands and millions of people that nobody was talking to that didn't know how just to put a worm on a hook. Like yeah. Simple things. AKA the entire market of yes. absolutely anything within the yes. city you would ever yes. want to sell or buy. Yes. Or yes. Same thing for, yeah. It's same funny how similar cross. our yeah. situation is. Very kind of similar. Like we, I told you this before, we're literally doing the same thing for two different sports. It's very, very simple things. Very novice anglers is pretty much who I talk to. Have you found any correlation to it kind of coming full circle to where what you're teaching to try and pull in kind of the demographic of everybody else? Yeah. That the the top guys are sort of taking it more seriously as well, because in our sport, it's coming full circle to mm -hmm. where, especially with the timing of Jet and Hunter doing well the fundamentals and the talk of technique yeah. is now really becoming a thing. Yeah. Um, fishing is, is, is in a weird spot right now. We have a lot of technology that's being injected in our sport now. And that's created a lot of disruption on the competitive side. Um, but fishing has really and truly from the beginning been a fundamental sport has actually never been, it's always been about the fundamentals, but the way it's being taught and distributed, that content, we used to always read magazines. Magazines, you buy DVD sets, and that, didn't, that, that doesn't really exist anymore. So the same material's been taught over the internet, mm -hmm. and so you're able to reach people that you weren't able to reach before has been the biggest biggest change that I've seen. So now the magazine companies don't have the attention that literally a single angler can have or organization doesn't have the attention that literally like one individual have. Yeah. So it's, it's just, it's very disrupted right now because of the internet. Yeah. That's why a lot of people don't like where I'm at. Yeah. I can imagine because I, in, in a lot of ways I, we've created more leverage yeah. than 
a lot of these huge yes. media companies and like the that big players them. and the yeah it upsets them bad i i i can relate one thousand percent they were yes it it creates tension <laughs> it creates a lot of tension what is he doing and then <laughs> and then it becomes a personal attack on you yeah uh, you know because i've only in the world of fishing my career is very young seven years this is my seventh season and so you have guys that are 20 30 years our careers last a long time like you can basically fish until you don't want to anymore so um you have guys that have been in the industry 20 30 40 50 years and they hear you come along hey this is how you tie a knot and they're like of course you know how to tie a palomar knot that's nothing complicated about that <laughs> And so that there's a lot of tension there with that. So yeah, I that's probably that. even worse because there's the longer the, careers, the turnovers. Yeah, there's so no turnover. little. Yeah, no turnover. Yeah, like, literally no turnover. Once you're in the fishing industry, you can stay there as long as you want, which I know in motocross, it's like what, 10 years. Yeah, 10 years is a good yeah. estimation. Yeah, 10 yeah. years. So it's quick. Very quick, very quick. But and even then, even with the tenure to turnover, it's still lots of pushback when it comes to any type of change or yeah. God forbid somebody that's not winning championships yeah. gets attention or Actually creates teaching? a business or yeah. teaches. Yeah. yeah. You're teaching me how to ride. You've never you won, won a championship? championship? What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, okay, get Eli Tomac to teach you that. Yeah. Yeah. Go Have get fun him. Have fun understanding him. what yeah. he's going to talk yeah. about. Hell yeah. If you could ever <laughs> afford to get him yeah. to come teach you. Get yeah. him to come there and teach then. Yeah. <laughs> since that's how that works. So yeah, I can relate to that a lot. Um, even I've seen that in motocross now. It's probably a battery. Or is that like a truck backing up? Oh. oh, you know what that is? That's the battery of the van. Yeah, it's getting lower. About to yeah. crap the bed. Um, let me think. I want to make sure I got everything for Cam. It just stops. Because he's going to make a vlog using this a yeah. lot of this podcast stuff. I think we got enough. You got it good? I think we got enough. Um, You're probably well, thank you guys. We're an, we're an hour and ten minutes in. Oh, really? Podcast professionals. Wow. Have you done a podcast before? Nope. This is your first one? Yep. Trained professional. And yeah. I know that because you, every time you talked, you, you adjusted the mic. Yeah, he did. So that's, he a, that's a move of a seasoned veteran. <laughs> I like it. You and you didn't, start one. also you didn't, I don't think you said, um, the whole time. Dude, <laughs> every freaking motocrosser and, uh, yeah. And the bike and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. And yeah. It's and, bad. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We do that. And they learn the talk that way almost by just studying just each copy. other and yeah. copying it. And copy it's not it. a good way to it's do it. It's not a good way. Not yeah. A good way. Don't watch interviews and try to copy those. And then and hold your drink. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to yeah. be different and if you want people to be invested, like you said, and kind of care about like what you're doing on the bike, always be yourself and don't copy other people's podium speeches yeah. because nobody cares about those podium speeches. Nobody cares. Yeah. I also have a YouTube channel. Okay, plug your stuff. Give, give us all of it. So YouTube channel, what, how do we find you? YouTube is Brevin Latimer. Okay, can you spell it? Yeah, Brevin is B-R-E-V-Y-N, and then Latimer is L-A-T-I-M-E-R. Okay, I'm going to subscribe to you right now. Okay. What about Instagram? Uh, Brevin Latimer. Brevin uh, underscore Latimer. Okay, L-A-T-I-M-E-R. Yeah. All right, and then Brian... Oh, 
Cool. All right. Here we go. How many? You have 476 subscribers? Are you kidding me? Sweet. All right. So make sure you guys follow Brevin uh, uh, or subscribe to him on YouTube 100%. And then uh, on Instagram also. And then Brian, you have, I yeah. just figured out yesterday that you had a YouTube and you yeah. have way more subscribers than I do. So yeah, I, I'm sure like most of the, seems like there's so many motocrossers that are fishermen. Like even at the races, we talk, like I'm trying to watch this race and there's like five kids trying to talk to me about fishing. <laughs> So um, it's just my name, Brian Latimer. It's a fishing YouTube channel. Sometimes we put some dirt bikes in here. We'll probably do something here. So you can see our little travel. Your Instagram is super entertaining too, by the way. Oh, cool, cool. What's your Instagram? Good. Instagram just is just, yeah, Brian underscore Latimer. Why? <laughs> Are you giving me a kiss? Uh, Brooks, do you have any social medias that you can plug over there? Not yet. No. Uh, he looked behind him and he said, he said no. <laughs> yeah. All right, check no these guys yet. out. Thank you guys, by the way, very much. Thank you for oh, allowing them to come up. Thank yeah. you. This was awesome. I'm bummed we couldn't ride today, but thank goodness yesterday actually ended up yeah, being a good day. Yeah, we got so a lot out of it yesterday. For what it could have been, I think we, we got lucky. Number one podcast in motocross. Uh, what should they do to follow Moto Academy? Do you know? Like, what, what can we tell them? Where do they find Moto Academy? Um, Are you, you're in the app. Yeah. Tell them to subscribe to the app. Subscribe to the app. Follow how, them on how, YouTube. How do they subscribe to that? Oh, uh, go to club.motoacademy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's all we got to do. Go to club.motoacademy.com. Toodaloo.